0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Breanne Showman, and I am joined today by Wendy Kleinke. Wendy and I had a great conversation today about menopause, specifically diving into the changes that happen in the body that relate to how we train and how we work out. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Wendy, thank you for joining me today. How are you?
1: I'm well. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation today.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. Um, you you cover an area or you coach women specifically that it's a huge population that I think is just not served enough. Um, it's something I don't talk about enough because I'm not quite there myself, but I know I'm going to be approaching it soon. So I'm excited to dive into this conversation from just a personal standpoint, but also to Help the many athletes and coaches out there. Uh, But before we dive into that, just a little bit of introduction, who are you?
1: So my name is Wendy Klenke. I have been um, personal training for about a decade and um, you know, coaching clients along the way. I have a bachelor's degree in exercise science and I specialize in helping women who are right at that menopausal age uh, just to help them like regain their strength and their restrictions are not necessarily weight loss, but a lot of times that will happen along the way.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, menopause is this thing that it's always thrown out there. We know as females, we're going to hit it at some point. And I think we, when we're in our thirties and younger forties, it's like we kind of start hearing the horror stories of all these bad things that happen when we hit menopause um, you know, the hot flashes and just the hormonal shifts and and all these things that can happen with it. Um, But I think it's also important to mention that really positive things can happen too, if we know how to do the right things for our body. Um, So let's kind of dive in first, like what's happening to the body during menopause that's like changing, like how are from just from a workout perspective, what's changing in our bodies that changes like, how we feel on a day-to-day basis
1: so i think it's important to first off no one understand that your body is going to respond to stress pretty much in the same way and that will trigger a hormonal response so matter so no, no matter how old you are or what kind of stress you are coming across your body is going to respond in the same way by raising your cortisol levels which then impacts other hormones and also um, like causing your cholesterol to start producing like your body to start producing more cholesterol. So I think it's important to first kind of lay the groundwork that like stress is going to, and it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter if it's chemical, emotional, or physical. So emotional stress, like that's going to be, you know, like your traffic on the drive to work, the stuff that you get from relationships, your your boss breathing down your neck, like that's going to be an emotional stress. Chemical stress is pretty much anything you put into your body or don't put into your body. So that means the food that you eat, the water that you do or do not drink, the medications that you may be taking alcohol, any kind of substance will can cause chemical stress. And then uh, physical stress, like that, that is any kind of trauma. So like if you get into a car accident or you hurt yourself or exercise is also considered physical stress, doesn't necessarily mean that stress is bad. It's just that too much stress can really impact your life. So first and foremost, like it's important to look at the body holistically, especially with, with respect to stress, how old you are, what you have going on in your life and understanding and knowing that. Managing stress doesn't just mean working out, because sometimes that can do different things, um, but really trying to get a hold of it from all aspects. So it's kind of my little soap ba- soapbox on stress, uh, because at, you can be stressed out at any age. But what happens when your body starts to go, like, approach and go through menopause is your hormone levels start changing. And I'm not going to get into all the science behind that, because it's, it's a lot. Um, but just knowing that um, hormones affect other hormones and your vitamins and minerals are also like also have relationships with your hormones managing the symptoms of menopause can really be helpful by paying attention to the minerals that you that you are consuming so from a health standpoint like you know health and fitness are different from a health standpoint you can certainly manage some of those symptoms by making sure that you're not chemically stressed out so you're not eating a bunch of crap <laughs> And, um, making sure that you are not mentally stressed out by kind of managing like your relationships and managing your stress at work and finding ways to, you know, outlet that and reground yourself and then also physical. So like, if you've always, if you've always impacted a lot of really heavy, like physical stress, like if you've been an avid exerciser your whole life, it may be a point in time where you might actually have to start shifting gears on how you approach exercise. Does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. And I like how you talk about the food component as chemical stress, because we talk a lot about it as, you know, we hear a lot as far as the inflammation it causes and the gut health and the just underfueling and, and all that. But relating it to stress is, com- is a completely different viewpoint and one that I've never really considered before.
1: Well, thank you. I I put a lot of time and thought into stress because I know that my clients that are not actually managing their stress have the most inflammation. They have the most trouble losing the weight. They have the most trouble getting a hold of like things that are going on outside of them. So you have people who are trying to get a hold of their body, but they're not necessarily getting a hold of their stress. And stress has such a huge impact on the way that you're Body like chemically and physically works that if you don't get a hold of it and you're just doing all these things like you're not going to get anywhere. So I've seen it time and time again where women will come in and they'll think that like exercising for stress because that's what their doctor told them to do is going to be the answer. And they're like, I don't understand. I'm I'm working out. I I don't feel stronger. I feel weak. You know. I I I don't. You know. I'm I'm trying to eat all the right things and I'm not eating a bunch of crap. But they're their mental stress is totally out of control. <laughs> so, um, there, there's that component. And then there's also the component of, you know, like anytime you open up a package, like you are putting, God knows what chemicals into your body, you know, whatever preservatives are in it. And I don't care if it says all organic or whatever on the package, like if it's in a package, they've put something in it <laughs> to make it have that shelf life. You know what I mean? Yes,
0: absolutely. <laughs> So we all deal with stress. Everyone from, I don't know, probably toddler age at some, we probably have some level of stress at toddler age, but we all deal with stress throughout our life. What changes with the hormonal shifts of menopause that cause us to like gain more weight, lose the muscle mass, just respond differently to those stresses our stressors than we did say two years prior to hitting that menopause point.
1: So one of the the biggest shifts is obviously like with women, it's a change in estrogen and with men, it's going to be a change in testosterone. But what happens when you have those, those big dips is you have your, your, your bones don't still get the same things that they needed that they initially got from the estrogen levels. Your muscles pull from the bones to get what they need. So your bones and your muscles get weaker at the same time. And the best way to combat that is to first off, try to have a healthy foundation. Like if you've got a good muscular stru- structure to begin with, you need to keep moving, you need to keep picking up weights and you need to keep challenging your body. If you have been sedentary, which I think a lot of people kind of are, I mean, in this day and age, a lot of people have jobs where they sit and they're they're not as active as we were in you know centuries past. And the body wasn't made for that. The body was not made to sit in a chair. So what happens when you, when you go through that shift is it it, your body's actually becoming a little bit more efficient because you're telling it that it doesn't need all the muscle and that it doesn't need all that bone density. But as we all know, if you do not keep your, your bones and your muscles strong, it makes breaks easier. A hip break can, I mean, it can be deadly. So as you age all of the components of fitness become more and more important so balance and flexibility become more to the forefront and those are things that people tend to ignore younger like in their younger years because they just don't feel that it's important it comes to them very naturally and they don't feel like it's something that they necessarily want to focus on but balance becomes more important as falls become more and more detrimental so as you age, all five components of fitness become more profound, like you need the muscular strength, you need the muscular endurance, you need to have that you need to have a healthy heart, like you need to be making sure that you're challenging your heart and that, it's you know, not too late for that. And then you need balance and you need the flexibility. So when you go through menopause, like, I'm just going to stick with menopause, because that's what I specialize in. But like when you go through a menopause and you have those hormonal changes, all that like coming naturally to you is kind of out the window because that's basically what estrogen is doing for you. It's making things kind of come a little bit more naturally. Um, With that being said, your body just starts, it starts behaving differently. It starts, um, it starts pulling those nutrients out of your muscles to, to give your bones what they need but then your bones also get more brittle because they don't have the muscle to protect them.
0: Okay. That makes sense. So when we are stick with active people first, um, like if someone's very, like they go to the gym five, six days a week, like they're used to working out, they're used to training. Maybe they're still competing as they approach menopause or are going through menopause. Like what do we need to start looking at as far as programming and what's happening with workouts or what maybe needs to be added into, to, to a workout in order to still get, have results, not have that muscle breakdown and, and all, all those things.
1: So as you're approaching and going through menopause, you're still going to want to be working out by lifting weights and working on your, your muscles at least two to three times a week. But those other days that you're going, you're going to want to spend some some extra time and dedicate it to stretching, dedicate it to range of motion, dedicate it to um, making sure that you still can, can use your arms in big sweeping motions because it does become more and more important as you age. I'm sure you've heard of frozen shoulder syndrome <laughs> that comes from not using it, right? So even though um, it may seem like it's, well, this is not difficult, just because it's not difficult, doesn't mean it's not important. Like stretching is extremely important and can cause all kinds of problems if you don't. So if you're at a point where your, your muscles are kind of losing that elasticity and you need to work on it a little bit more, like collagen depletes, you know, it starts depleting actually around the age of 25, but it starts showing up like in your face and your joints, like usually after the age of 40, but you start losing that, that, that elasticity that you had in your youth. That means you have to work on it. (laughs) So that's where the stretching kind of comes in. So you're going to have to shift your workouts a little bit more to make sure that you're hitting all those components Uh, because a fit individual isn't just a number on a scale. It's not just somebody who's super strong, you know, like you can have somebody who really shines in one aspect, but that does not necessarily make them fit. You know, like you can have somebody who's extremely overweight, but can run for a long distance and has great cardiovascular health doesn't make them fit if they are, you know, if if they don't have a lot of muscle and they, they don't have the balance and the flexibility. So developing those workouts and, and trying to encompass all of them, making sure that you're, um, you're still challenging your heart. That may mean that you're not running anymore. And maybe you're walking because your joints are taking a beating. Another thing to kind of, I, I don't really know a whole, I mean, I can't say I don't know any, But I don't know too many, you know, 50 plus women who don't have an issue in one of their at least one of their joints, whether it is in a knee, a shoulder, a foot. I mean, I don't I don't know. I could probably count on one hand how many I know who have not had some kind of issue because life happens, Mm -hmm. whether that be like a medical thing. And it's, you know, an autoimmune disease that you're dealing with, or if it's some kind of trauma, like you got into a car accident or you fell down the stairs. Um, those things pop up too. And then you, you have to kind of cater around that. So I guess to answer your question, like there's probably going to be some elements of your exercise that you're going to need to change or slow down. That doesn't mean stop. That doesn't mean, oh, you only have to go to the gym two or three times this week instead of five or six, like you've been doing your whole life. That means you need to put a little bit more emphasis on some other aspects.
0: Yeah, definitely. Let's take a quick break now to talk about OS first compression and bracing. It is commonly known that compression helps with circulation. We see that medically decreasing your risk of blood clots. We see that on flights using compression to decrease swelling. And even with racing, a lot of times we'll see it with decreasing or improving our circulation there as well. What you might not know, though, is We actually decrease the fatigue in our feet and legs when we use compression while training. Why is this? The added compression actually helps the muscles fire faster and better. So that means all those little small muscles in your foot and lower leg don't have to work quite as hard when you do every single thing you do. Long term, it means you get to perform better for longer. So check out OS First compression for yourself. Test it out. See if you get those amazing benefits that I notice for myself. You can head over to OSFirst.com to check out all of their amazing products. And if you use code GetYourFix at checkout, you can save fifteen percent. You can also head over to GetYourFixPT.com/partners. And get a direct link to OS First as well as see all the other partners that I have some discounts for. And now let's get back to the conversation. Is it, I'm curious when you mentioned slowing down, is it more, excuse me, of like, that we physically like need to, to protect something? Or is it more of just like, I know, you know, say runners, they, We aren't as fast as in our fifties as we were in our thirties. Like, it's just not normal. We get slower over time. Um, Usually for the most part, I'm sure there's some anomalies out there. Um, But is it something that like, we just like that happens that physically slows us down or-
1: well, with age, like your, your body is going to start naturally kind of depleting. Like I mentioned, like your collagen levels start dipping when you're in your 20s, and then you get to a point where your body doesn't make it anymore. So your body, it it's not the same as it was when you were in your thirties, because you're not, you're not operating the same way as it was. I mean, basically from the moment you're born, although you're living, you're, you're also dying, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that being said, like, and it's gonna be based on an individual. It's gonna be based on the choices that that person made. Uh, I can remember a time when my aunt was in her fifties, and she was going to all these boot camps, and she was not like a. Um, she would exercise, kind of inconsistently, but all throughout her life. So when I say inconsistently, like her can her when she was being really good, she was going like two or three times a week. And then she'd go for months without exercising at all. So then she would get into it. So she felt like she was somebody who was always taking care of her body. And she was getting advice from a woman who, and I'm not saying that this woman's not educated because she was very educated, very PhD educated. However, this woman was drawing from her own experience. And she said, well, don't let these 20 year old girls think that you can't do it. You can do it. My aunt took her boot camp two years in a row and two years in a row and she blew out her knee because her body was not conditioned the same way that this woman who was basically her the same age as her. I mean, she's maybe a little bit younger, but this woman had built her body in a way that it could withstand a lot more. So, with respect to what you're saying about a woman in her 50s who's running, it's going to be different if she's been running for 20 years than if she started running five years ago. You know what I mean? Mm
0: -hmm. So on that note, on that person who maybe just is starting to get into working out, wants to do some races, wants to, you know, maybe getting inspired by friends, family, whatever, to go do things. What do, how do we start getting into working out knowing that the hormonal changes have happened or are happening and that our bodies are going to be a little bit different than they were say in our thirties.
1: Well, the great part about somebody who's just starting is if you teach them the right way, initially they're not going to have developed. Um, I don't want to say bad habits, but they're not going to have fallen into their favorite things as somebody who likes to exercise um, that there are definitely things that are my favorite and things that I I know I need to be better about, (laughs) you know, like even when it comes to like lifting weights, there's certain things that like, I just, I honestly, I really don't like doing my abs. It's not fun for me, you know? Um, but when you have somebody who is kind of new to exercise, you can teach them those good habits of stretching, right? So like, if you've got a new runner, you can teach them how to dynamically warm up and how to, um, cool down in a way that is going to keep their muscles from getting too tight when your muscles are too tight. I mean, that's where tears come in. You know, when Mm -hmm. there when there's weaknesses or when they're too tight, like that's where you can really have an injury. So you can actually keep them a lot safer just because you can help them to develop things the right way. You can help them to encompass all of it and teach them the importance of it as they go.
0: Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Something else is coming to mind that um, I'm curious about is I know I've worked with several clients over the years who, um, as I was working with them, things were going great. And then they started developing some different, like aches, pains, sorenesses, things like that. And then that conversation turned to, well, I'm going through menopause right now. And I know some of it can be related to that. Why does that happen? Why does. Like, even if it's not injury related, why does like more things kind of start popping up when, when we go through menopause?
1: Yeah, that happens uh, mainly because of of course you have that hormonal change, but like, for example, one thing that most women are well aware of is that hot flashes are very common, Mm -hmm. right? Hot flashes are also very common in diabetic people because your body responds the same way. And when you cut sugar out of your diet, the hot flashes go away. Okay, that's what I've that's what I've heard from several different women, women, many of my clients that are over that age that when they actually cut it out sugar and alcohol, because alcohol converts directly into sugar, hot flashes go away. The same thing happens when a diabetic's blood sugar is running high is they will get hot, they they will get hot. They will get irritable. They will get very grouchy. Um, Diabetes is very prevalent in my family. I have a type one daughter and my, my father was type two. My sister was gestational. It is definitely a thing like the irritability. And if you look at them side by side, they both have to do that. They're both coming out the same way as you're hot, you're frustrated, you're irritable. And if you lower the blood sugar, those symptoms go away. So with that being said, insulin is a hormone. Hormones are impacted by other hormones. There's not really a hormone doctor because hormones are complicated. Like you have endocrinologists and you have um, ones that will specialize in cer- certain hormones. But I I don't really know anybody who, who looks at all of the hormones and I could be wrong. I mean, I'm not a medical professional, but I've just never really heard of that. Like who looks at the hormonal system as a whole, because like I mentioned, and I'm like, I'm fascinated by hormones. Like I think they're, they're incredibly amazing. Like your muscles secrete hormones and your fat cells secrete hormones. Like it's, it's just, it's very interesting, but they, um, are also, impact they're impacted by each other and they're impacted by um, the food that we eat the things that you consume so in order to get a hold of that sometimes that means that you need to look at what you're putting in your mouth or not putting in your mouth because if you're dehydrated that is a chemical stress and your body like your endocrine system is going to be activated like your stress response system is going to be activated if you're dehydrated, if you're chronically dehydrated, you're constantly living in a state of stress. So, with respect to like the the some of the signs and symptoms that you're experiencing, a lot of it's going to have to do with the food that you eat, how you're sleeping, and how you're taking care of your body. Does that answer your question or is that a little bit too vague?
0: No, it does, and it's so fascinating how like almost every single problem that happens in the body just goes back to sleep and nutrition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there is a mechanical movement point to it, but so much just goes right back to, to the nutrition side of things. And it's just so fascinating how, I mean, obviously we know that I shouldn't even say obviously, cause there's still people who eat a lot of junk, but you know, a lot of the people in the health, in the like health coach world, nutrition world know that all the macronutrients matter, all the chemicals matter. Um, but just to see how, like, even with the hot flashes that it's related to, to food intake is really fascinating.
1: Yeah. And like hydration is micronutrient. So your mineral contents, those are all micronutrients and nobody, not, not nobody, but A lot of people don't talk about micronutrients. They don't talk Mm -hmm. about your vitamins and your minerals and the importance that that role plays. Like if you have a vitamin deficiency, if you're deficient in vitamin D, your bones are going to get brittle. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It doesn't matter how old you are. If you're deficient in vitamin D, your bones are going to get brittle because even if you're consuming all kinds of calcium, your body cannot absorb it without the presence of vitamin D. Mm -hmm. So depending on where you live in the world, like I live in Michigan and I want to say five months out of the year, I am not close enough to the sun that even if the sun shined every day, I would not be able to get the vitamin D that I need from the sun because I'm physically like not close enough to it. Not to mention where I live, it's very overcast. So it's not a clear sunny day every day. (laughs) So you see a lot of vitamin D deficiency here, And that has, that has a huge impact on how you are, like how healthy you are, like your aches, your pains, your ability to um, keep your muscles strong. And I never understood why you would take a medication that mimics what a mineral would do. Why wouldn't you just take the mineral?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't you? eat more of that like I my sister had issues with um, being iron deficient when she was pregnant and then the iron supplements were making her like very uncomfortable and I said well why don't you just eat some more red meat and she's like what (laughs) yeah you know and she's like well I don't know I I I didn't think of that the doctor didn't tell me that I'm like well because most people won't fix it with their diet but I know how she eats and she eats lots of like dark leafy greens and things like that so I knew she was probably just lacking in like if she just ate a little bit more steak, she'd probably be okay. <laughs> and she did that for a while and it worked for a while, but then as the baby, anyway, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, it just, it's, it's just fascinating to me why you wouldn't just try to correct it with something more natural.
0: Yeah. It is really interesting how people just want that, like, well, which pill should I take to, to get this rather than what foods can I eat differently? Um Super interesting though about the sun distance. I never thought about that being a factor for the vitamin D absorption by the body.
1: Yeah. I mean, your body, um, absorbs through the skin, um, just as easily, if not better than it does internally, you know, our skin is our largest organ. Uh, another thing is magnesium. You know, Mm -hmm. magnesium is something that a lot of people are often deficient in. You can take an Epsom salt bath and Really help that out a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, and it's nice. It's nice. Yeah, right. Um, magnesium levels. Uh, magnesium is another um, mineral that hormonal women are often deficient in. Is magnesium. So, I I mean, I think nu- nutritional solutions are very easy if you just look into it and you're willing to. It you're willing to take it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're willing to try.
0: I've heard that most people in general are magnesium deficient. Yep, <laughs> common problem for sure. Uh, well, to kind of start closing it out, is there anything we haven't talked about today that you feel would be super important for people to hear?
1: I think it's important to, to know and understand that no matter where you are in your fitness journey, no matter where. You are fitness is not it's not something that you just earn when you're in your twenties, you know, and it's a continuous thing. And no matter if you've fallen off or not, uh, it's something that you want to be practicing every day and that you really want to be looking at all of it. You know, if you if you don't if you're if you don't have a good muscular foundation, start now. That doesn't mean you have to go and pick up you know hundred pounds at the gym. You can be very effective with a three pound weight or even no weight at all. So, you know, to whoever is listening, that might be new. I know that your audience is a lot of seasoned people, but if you're experiencing changes, don't be afraid to knock it down a little bit and maybe attack that muscle from a different way than you ever have before. So if you're really used to lifting heavy weights and you're starting to feel some joint pain, you're starting to feel some aches in your joints, and you just can't do it anymore. That doesn't mean you have to put the weights down forever. It, it does. It, your body is telling you something though. And that means that you're going to need to try to listen to it because your body will talk to you. So if you're feeling joint pain, if you're feeling those kinds of aches and pains, it may be time to back off and try it from a, try getting, keeping your muscles strong from a different approach. So that would be um, one thing. And then just, I mean, you got to just keep moving. You got to keep, keep trying to make sure you're, you're, you're hitting all those components and make sure you're stretching Stretching is so important. So make, make sure you're stretching
0: all the boring stuff you're making us do.
1: <laughs> I know, I know it's, yeah. it's boring, but ultimately like it can save you a lot of heartache and save you a lot of um, potential injuries and it'll make you more fit and you'll be more well, well-rounded.
0: There you go. There you go. Well, definitely great information today for the athletes, for the coaches who are listening, um, who might be working with women who are menopausal. Um, so super helpful. If someone has more questions for you, where can they find you?
1: Um, so you can opt into my Facebook group and my email through the adventure seeking woman.com. Uh, that is like, that's my page that's geared towards, uh, you know, menopausal women who are trying to get a hold of their, their not a hold of their emotions, trying to get a hold of their hormones. Sometimes their emotions, emotions. too. <laughs> um, but that's probably the best place to um, get in touch with me and, um, you know, we can connect there. Um, I'm on Facebook, so you can, you can find me on Facebook um, and friend me on there and we, we, we can chat, whatever's easiest for you.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was super informative.
1: Thank you, Brianne. I really appreciate you having me on your show today. Thank you. I really hope you
0: enjoyed today's episode and got some great information from it. If you are looking for more great information, I encourage you to go check out getyourfixpt.com. There, you can gain access to blog posts, other podcast interviews, my online programs, and the Race Prep Masterclass, which is for you if you are a chronically injured runner with foot and ankle issues. Once again, that is all at GetYourFixPT.com. And I hope you join us next week for another great episode.